Hello, welcome back. Here's me trying to sound intelligent and poetic, but coming across more naive and a little pretentious. Thanks. What do you remember most about your childhood? For me, it's hard to pin down any one memory because there's a whole slew of time periods that could really include. When I narrow it down to one though, say the period when I spent most of my days bowling with the fellas that lived on the street, it's still difficult to put into words what I remember most vividly about those days. There are a few scattered standouts that go beyond the day-to-day -day sessions, like the time we stumbled upon a homeless dude pissing in the woods, or watched a kid piss his pants after accidentally smacking another kid in the face with a metal baseball bat. Both piss-related, interestingly enough, but mostly, when I think of that time, I picture an extremely vague image, an aesthetically based point-of-view scene where it's bright out, and the concrete's hot. A few faces flash with a ring of laughter, free from the judgment of the present truth exposing who they came to be, or who we came to be. But what I don't remember is how I even got out on the concrete, or in the places with the laughter, or really much else from that period. Or perhaps I just don't include the comfortable memories from my household in this time. I'd like to present the point here that our most enriched memories, therefore our most enriched moments in life, are primarily the result of an elegant routine. That is to say, uh, a routine so structured and stable that it rarely obtrudes the mind because it's almost elegant. As I'm slowly grasping the idea of the life I'm about to endure, I cite more and more how important structure and tradition are in the pursuit of happiness. At surface, routine presents the possibility of time management. With a guaranteed allocation of time spent towards, say, working out, your mind expects and prepares to be thinking, holy shit this blows, when you're on your nth lap around the track. Your mind may wander and muddle with your school, work, or relationship-oriented self, but in the end, the immediate physicality of your brain thinking, you know, I could just be fat, it, it, it doesn't sound that bad while your body is fully enveloped in that present reality, it takes precedence almost every time. But then a few days pass, maybe weeks or, or years, until you're in a new spot in life. And then what do you remember about working out back then? Well, uh, I remember there always used to be this creepy guy at the gym, or I remember this song that got me pumped up during that period, or at that time, Jerry pissed his pants while squatting. It's hilarious. Do you see what I'm getting at here? Always have somebody pissing in order to fully live your life. But no, the, the point comes from my new outlook from spending more time at a regular 9-to-6 job. An outlook that pertains to the reliability that I know I'm going to get off at 6. So I need to have worked out and eaten dinner by 8. So that way I can do whatever the fuck I want afterwards, you know. Or, or, or that I know where I'm going to be for lunch so I know that I'll get to enjoy my favorite dessert. It, it's moments like these that are innocently boring or sometimes even annoying, because they're so predictable that you can map out your day, plotting out the good points that appear intermittently through the bad stretches. Your mind knows when it has to think and when it gets to wander. And at least you get to have these planned positives to keep you going. This routine typically should be enough to achieve a buoyancy of happiness. 
just stable enough to keep you from thinking about those unnecessary existential thoughts that creep in. That being said, consider the following. Periods that I've deemed more depressing or sad in my life have been centered around periods of no routine or or routines that consisted of a plethora of activities given to me by fate, not by my own choice. More so forced responsibilities rather than handcrafted, curated time well spent. I digress. Back to the matter at hand, to follow the presented logic of buoyancy and routine, one can then come to the appreciation of variation. That excitement of watching a homeless man piss in the woods, or the terror that comes with a kid with blood on his hands and piss on his pants. Uh, or, you know, a, a favorite holiday or favorite birthday that was better than the rest, where something super unique or special happened that year. These are all things that we ponder most. Appreciate them as our most fulfilling experiences. They go beyond the predictable good and the predictable bad. However, the entire claim I'm making is that these moments of deviation are just that, deviation from imminent present. While I try to appreciate these enriching experiences as much as the next guy, I, I think it'd be a whole lot easier to appreciate them with a routine that I appreciated just as much, if not more so. Now, I may be thinking this because of my current awkward living situation, but I mentioned it earlier. Some of the lowest points in my life have correlated with some of my least favorite routines. It sounds simple, but when you're trained to try and appreciate everything as it is, and you're surrounded by people that seem to be handling it pretty well, that happiness buoyancy becomes more of a struggle than a float. The moments of thought that, that could be filled with wandering and imagination get jacked with a violent coup by a rain cloud magnetized to your brain. Avoiding and confronting this reality is a challenge, but one we must all face. This is again where my argument comes back into play, the importance in finding elegance in routine. While you may very well be in a shitty part of your life, I hope you could still pin down where the negativity is coming from and plan them out in routine. Find little gaps here and there to fill with small but mind-engaging and interesting activities. Set a reminder every day at noon to think of your favorite person or your favorite place to be. Food must be included in your routine, right? You gotta eat. You should definitely eat food. But it's not so much that I enjoy making a PB&J, but examining my hand spread the perfect amount of peanut butter on the perfectly toasted slice of bread with ease. It becomes mesmerizing. The routine and the buoyancy have their offset. The variation. The pissed pants. But to even really grasp what those special experiences mean and, and feel, one has to be able to appreciate learning to float and, and finding that buoyancy. Finding the elegance in the ritual. Hey, thanks again for listening. I appreciate it. Um, I hope you liked this episode. It's kind of along the lines of the gratitude episode I did, and I'm trying to do just more stuff like this because, you know, it's hard to find guests out here. So I'm trying to get creative uh, with what I can do. Obviously still looking for guests all the time, but for now, you know, I I do feel like creatively fulfilled when I do episodes like these. And that's what the main point of this podcast was for me originally. And I mean, there's a lot of different parts that go into it, obviously, but I really enjoy these. So just wanted to let you know, probably going to have some more of these in the future. And 
look out for them if you like them, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, thanks for listening. I love you. Amen. Okay, bye. Uh, it looks like there seems to be quite a bit of elegance in your routine here. Yeah.